Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. Well, today we have a returning guest. He is someone who is very intelligent when it comes to self-directed retirement accounts like IRAs and 401ks. He knows how to help you defer and eliminate taxes. So if you're thinking about investing in buy and hold rentals, flipping property, investing in promissory notes, or just using your IRAs and 401ks to invest for the purposes of creating more wealth and additional cash in your retirement account, this is an episode you want to listen to. It's going to be focused primarily on real estate strategies as they relate to your self-directed IRAs and 401ks. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. There's probably going to be a lot of takeaways here. And if this is an area that you want to learn more about, certainly listen to today's episode, but also maybe pick up some books, including Matt's book on IRAs, specifically titled The Self-Directed IRA Handbook. And with that, let's get to our interview. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome back a returning guest to the show, Matt Sorensen. He is an attorney, and he is also the CEO of Directed IRA. He is a best-selling author, a national speaker, and an expert on self-directed retirement accounts. He's also, I just found out, the VIP contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine. He is a real estate investor, which I'm sure my audience would love to know. And he has been at the forefront of the self-directed IRA industry since 2006, a very long time. And he wrote the book, The Self-Directed IRA Handbook, which is the most widely used book in the industry for self-directed IRAs. So Matt, welcome back to the show. Yeah, Marco. Thanks for having me. I love talking about self-directed IRAs, obviously. I had so much to say. I wrote a book about it. And um, but I love talking about real estate too, because this is what I do with my own account. Like literally, that's what my retirement account owns is real estate in my retirement, you know? So I love pairing those two things together and um, excited to be here talking about that. No, that's great. Well, I'm glad you're back on. We're gonna have a very focused show today. We're gonna talk about using IRAs and 401ks to buy rentals, do flips, and invest in notes, which is yeah. timely because I've been doing a lot more work in the whole promissory note investment space and investors are calling and asking about that. So, yeah. So I think this is a great topic. It's kind of timely, but I think there's a lot of misunderstanding out there about whether people can use an IRA or a 401k to invest in real estate. Some so-called gurus out there say not to. Yeah. You can talk about this and why, because you know, you're losing the tax yeah. benefits among other reasons. So where do you want to start with this? Well, I want to just start like right now. I mean, we're recording this. This is like summer of 2022, you know? And what's happened in the economy is the stock market totally down, right? And that's what most people's retirement accounts have been invested in. They're buying stocks and mutual funds, and they just got hammered over the last six months. I mean, this has been the largest stock market correction. Actually, it's the second largest stock market correction in my lifetime. I mean, I'm 42. This is the second biggest one. And so a lot of people are like, well, dang, is this all I can buy with my retirement account is what's on Wall Street, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds? And so, um, you know, here at Directed IRA, where we handle self-directed accounts, there's lots of companies like ours that do that. But I mean, our real estate clients, they haven't had to see anything go down. In fact, those clients have rentals, their cash flow has gone up, their rents are going up, right? Their properties appreciated tremendously. We haven't seen reductions in value. 
people like to lend on real estate is increasing right now too, because there's now deal making with some of the stuff going on in the market. So there's just lots going on and, and real estate has just been a tried and true method, but for whatever reason, and I know the reasons, but people just don't think of real estate in their retirement account. Now they are though, because everything else that their retirement account has been in recently, it's kind of gotten shook a little bit. So I just want to let people know you can buy real estate and we're not talking about like a REIT, you know, we're talking about buying the single family rental down the street or in the best cash flow market you can find the, the property you want to rehab and flip the property you want to Airbnb, the property or operator you want to lend to. If you don't want to own the property and, you know, deal with the toilets and tenants and all that stuff, you just want to be a provide money to other people doing real estate. You can be lending on that too. And so um, so there's lots you can do in real estate and it just takes a self-directed IRA. Okay. So obviously not every single type of IRA or 401k lends itself to the ability to invest. So maybe just touch yeah. on what types of self-directed retirement accounts you can use to invest in real estate and which ones you can't. Yeah. So generally, if we're talking IRAs, you can always self-direct an IRA to buy real estate. The problem is not your account type, really. The problem is who's the custodian of your retirement account or the administrator or plan provider. So clients will always call me like, Matt, I got an IRA at Fidelity and I called them up and told them I want to buy this duplex down the street. And they said, I can't do it. Well, that's not because retirement accounts can't buy real estate. That's because retirement accounts at Fidelity can't buy real estate. <laughs> Fidelity is a, a broker dealer, right? What do they sell? They sell stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Right. They make money when you buy that. They built software and all this stuff where you push a button and it happens. They don't have to do anything. Okay. When you bring a real estate deal to them, they're like, wait a second, paperwork. I got to process a wire somewhere, contracts. Nah, you can't do it. And so the broker dealers have kind of dominated the space and taken all the energy and all the money out of it. So we, we think that all you can do is buy stocks, bonds, mutual funds. So, but you can always move. So you can move from Fidelity to directed IRA or whatever you want to self-directed provider. And that's just an account transfer. So if you've got a SEP IRA or a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA at Fidelity, let's say, right. you can just transfer it to that same account type, no tax, no penalty to directed IRA or whatever self-directed provider lets you do real estate. So my understanding is by law, all IRAs, regardless of how you label it, are self-directed. It's just the custodian that is tying your hands behind your back. It's not the fact that it's an IRA. Yeah, exactly. And I got into this in 2006. And I remember when I had a, I had a client buying real estate for the first time with an IRA. And I was like, you can't do this. I was like, even myself, I mean, I went to law school, passed the bar exam. I'd never heard of this. So you've always been able to do it though. It's Real estate's always been available to retirement accounts. Okay. So there hasn't been a law change. It's just that the information out there has been restrictive because advisors don't want you to do it. They don't make money when you buy it either. And so the information has just been lacking. So yeah, you've always been able to do it. No penalty to get over there. The only one caveat I'll say on that is people that have a 401k with a current employer, those are people who might get stuck because they can't move. Let's say you're 45, you work at Dunder Mifflin or whatever, you know, you can't move your Dunder Mifflin 401k account while you still work there. Yeah. You're going to have to either quit or reach retirement plan age to, to roll the money out. You just brought up a very interesting point because I was talking to someone a couple days ago that has a 401k that's with an old employer, a previous yeah. employer, and she didn't realize that she can actually take control 
of that 401k, move it and direct it. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of people out there that have 401ks that are still sitting there with whatever equities or investment that they were in. And because of ignorance, they just don't know what they can and can't do. They just leave it there and don't do anything with it. But I think this is worth yeah. talking about because there's probably a lot of money out there that could be deployed into investments. Oh my gosh, there's so much money. There's tens of billions of dollars in just lost 401k money that no one's claimed. It's insane. Let alone the people that know where it is, but just don't take the time to go do anything about it. And so all those old employer 401ks, you can self-direct. And most of those are traditional 401k dollars. Some people have some Roth 401ks, but those just get rolled over to a traditional IRA that you can self-direct with a self-directed company, again, like directed IRA. But so all that money's out there. And, and I just want to say this too, though, even if you don't have a retirement account and you're in real estate and you don't care about retirement accounts, this topic is so important because there's $30 trillion in retirement accounts in the US. If you're doing real estate, if you need funding for real estate, this is where all the money's at. This is where all the money's at. So you need to learn how these rules work, just even if you want to fund your own real estate deals, let alone growing your own retirement account in real estate. So let me throw this at you. There's a lot of people probably listening to this saying, hey, I have an IRA or a self-directed IRA or a 401k. I have some capital in there that I can put towards real estate, but I don't have enough to buy a property all cash, but yeah. I have enough to put down as a significant or large down payment. I think there's a lot of people out there that don't realize that they can finance real estate yeah. within their retirement account, but nobody ever talks about financing options for people who have retirement accounts. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. A lot of our clients use the banks to leverage their purchasing power with the retirement account. So you got to know two things. So your IRA can buy real estate and the bank can provide a mortgage for a portion of the, you know, the, the purchase price. So you have to know two things though. First, if you get a loan with a retirement account, this could be a self-directed IRA, solo 401k, doesn't matter. The loan must be non-recourse. And what that means is if the bank forecloses, they can only foreclose and take the property back if you default. They can't come after you. They can't come after the retirement account. They're just stuck at whatever recourse they have on the collateral to the property. And, th and that satisfies the retirement account rules for loans. Now, there used to only be like two banks that did those loans. There's probably seven or eight now that, of banks that specialize in these non-recourse loans to IRAs, IRLCs, solo Ks. So yes, it's certainly an option. The other thing is there is a weird little tax that can apply to IRAs in that space where the IRS wants to tax profits on the debt because the debt isn't retirement account dollars. So your retirement account dollars, you don't have to pay tax on, but the debt piece where you make profits, there's this tax. I have a chapter in my book on it, not enough to get into today, but just flag that as an issue if you're getting a non-recourse loan with an IRA to buy real estate. Solo Ks are exempt from that on leveraged real estate, by the way, but IRAs just have that little, and this might be, this is a little over your head on that, but just, there's a lot of content on this. I'm just trying to give you the rules of the road. Yeah. Side note, your book is really good. It's very thorough, well-written, and it's a very Thank clean you. white color. So it's- <laughs> <laughs> I got it right here on display. There's oh, a yeah. on Marco right now, if you listen to the podcast, but yeah, it's the self-directed IRA handbook. It's on Amazon and on my site. And, and it is, it's used by the industry. The National Association that certifies people in our industry uses it. Uh, state regulators use it, government officials, the government accountability office used it when they did their two reports wow. um, on self-directed IRAs. So it's gotten out there and, I, and I, it's like cited. I got over a hundred legal citations. It's not just some like, you know, 
some book out there. It's, I took the time to lay it out. So yeah, no, that's great. So just to close the loop on something you just talked about, and again, we don't need to get deep into it, but the uh, taxation on the debt, I believe, is referred to as UBIT, yeah. U-B-I-T. Yep. Yeah. So just so people know the acronym for it, if they ever come across it or hear it, you know, they'll understand that's the taxation from the profits that are realized from the debt. Did I say that correctly? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Profits realized from the debt. And we actually refer to it as UDFI unrelated debt financed income when there's debt. It's a, the tax is UBIT. It's a version of UBIT. So in my book, it, it's called unrelated debt financed income, which is what the IRS calls it too. So there's other ways you can have UBIT in real estate. Like if you're doing a real estate development or you are flipping a lot of properties with your retirement account where they're short term and you're more in the business of real estate as opposed to investing, the IRS tries to tax that too under this UBIT tax. But if you're like investing in real estate, you know, you don't need to worry about UBIT in general. You're buying rentals, you're flipping a property here or there, even a short-term rental. You're just doing lending on it where you're getting interest income and points. But those are pretty easy. You don't need to stress about it. Now, debt is just this little UDFI, but you only get taxed on profits you made from the debt. But you're buying a bigger asset. So there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't stress about it too much because you're buying more assets than you otherwise could, which creates more return um, than you otherwise could with your retirement account. So you have a lot of options. If you have capital in an IRA or 401k, you can buy and hold rentals, which are essentially your long-term rentals. You could also buy short-term rentals, you know, your yeah. Airbnb type. You can buy, fix, and flip property, which is basically what I call creating chunks of cash. So now you're building up the cash in your retirement account to further invest and you know add to your wealth. And then there's the whole area of notes. Notes can be buying and holding notes, like mortgage notes or other promissory notes and receiving income. Or mm -hmm. you could be lending money and issuing or selling that promissory note to people and making interest income. So there's a lot of options here. Yeah. Yeah. What road do you want to go down? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, each one is their own little thing. What, what I would say is we always talk about investing in what you know, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so for many people, they're like, well, I know rentals because I've done rentals outside my retirement account. Okay, maybe look at that with your retirement account. If this is like, well, I've never, you know, done a short-term rental. Well, maybe not the first time that you do it is when you do it in your retirement account. But if you're like, I already got five of them totally crushing it, maybe you should start doing that in your retirement account, you know? And so that's where most of our clients come to us, particularly in real estate. They're already real estate investors. The first time they do a real estate deal is not in their IRA. And so they figure out kind of what investor they already are. Now, some people come to it new, and some of the easier things would be notes, of course. You want to look to make sure who the borrower is, right? You got to make sure who you're working with is reputable, and you want to kind of have a good feeling on that, see what types of deals they're doing, have an understanding. But I've got, we've got clients all over that spectrum. And frankly, we have clients doing very well in long-term, short-term notes. And we have clients that can lose money in all three of those categories, you right. know? And so, so just like find the right strategy that works for you and that you may have experience with, like I said, invest in what you know, but just figure out how to use your retirement account in it. But I've done a little bit of all of it, except flips. I've never tried to do flips in my retirement account. I've done that outside of my retirement account, but I've just done buy and hold rentals and some private money lending. But even in the private money lending, there's so many varieties of it. You know, there's lending to people doing fix and flips on short-term notes, you know, there's doing long-term notes, there's buying non-performing notes on real estate. There's all these different things, you know, that you can do 
with a retirement account that we see. And I mean, we're opening like, we're doing a lot of accounts every day and there's at least 10 to 20 investments a day going into some version of a real estate investment from someone's IRA here. And so there's tons of it. It's just, what are you interested in? What do you know? And then just get analytical about it and the returns that your retirement account can get. So here's, don't want it to sound like a negative question, but someone who's doing flips, this is what made me think about it. I mean, this could happen if you have a rental and you have a large expense and you don't have enough in your account to cover the repairs or whatever that expense is. But this is especially true if you're flipping and all of a sudden, you know, you've got a money pit of a property and what you thought was going to be a $20,000 renovation is now a $50,000 renovation, which, you know, this has happened to me probably multiple times. (laughs) But the thing is, is you can't just put money you know, out of your own pocket into that IRA or 401k. What does a person do in a situation where they are short on cash on a rental and they really can't move forward to get that thing sold or productive or leased without putting in that extra capital to get things fixed or operating? Yeah, so that's a tricky situation. And let me kind of take a step back to kind of give why it's a problem. So one thing when you're using your retirement account to invest in real estate, you got to know is something called the prohibited transaction rules that restricts you from transacting with your retirement account. It also restricts your spouse, your kids, your parents. And basically what it is, is the IRS is like, all right, if your retirement account's gonna do something, it's gonna do something. It's taking the risk, it's buying it, it gets to make the money or it's taking the loss. You can't come in here and sell assets you personally own to your IRA or 401k, nor can your IRA or 401k sell it to you. Your IRA can't go buy a property you're personally gonna live in. Like they don't wanna mix you and your retirement account together. So when your retirement account goes out to flip a property, like you're talking about Marco, and it's like, man, I, this, you know, I bought this property for 150. I anticipated 20,000 repairs. I had 180 grand in my retirement account. The repairs are 50 grand. I'm short now. How do I get money in to cover this? Well, the first thing you could do is see, do I have other retirement account dollars I can roll over here? Maybe I got other accounts I've been still in the stock market or mutual funds. If you've extinguished that, the next thing I tell clients to do is go get a third-party loan from someone. Have them loan money to your IRA or your IRA LLC or Solo K if you got one, non-recourse, of course, where they're going to loan against the property, and then you know you'll pay that your retirement account will pay them back over time. But again, you can't loan the money in personally. The third option is actually an exception to what I just said about lending money in. There is a prohibited transaction exemption. It's called 80-26. That's a rule that allows you to loan money to your own retirement account in the event there's like a loss of an asset or an emergency situation. So it is possible that, and this is actually in my book in the real estate chapter, to lend money if you're in that situation. We have no other resources to fund it. Let's say the property is going to get, you know, you got property taxes mounting up or, you know, a property in the middle of construction that can't get repaired you've got a real emergency where you need to provide those funds, you can actually lend money to your retirement account. It has to be booked on a note. There's a procedure for it. It's called private transaction exemption 80-26. So that can become a problem, but those are the three steps to work through. And eventually there's going to be a solution there of one of those three things. That's it. That that sounds pretty simple, actually. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that last one. Yeah. Uh, and, And so we try not to use it. Um, I try to have clients go to one or two, but it is an option if you need to. Okay. So someone listening to this has an an IRA or 401k, they've got cash in it. Uh, Let's just make the assumption that it's self-directed. If it's not, they can, you know, turn it into a self-directed account. 
So yeah. now they've convinced themselves, maybe after listening to this episode, that yeah, I'm gonna buy some rental real estate, hold it, or maybe fix and flip some property, or maybe get invest, uh, involved in notes. So what is the process? I know this is probably a very simplistic sounding question, but some people might be asking themselves, okay, what do I do in order to start deploying that capital from their self-directed retirement account? So there's kind of a three-step process. You set up the account, you roll over the funds or contribute, and then you start making the investments. And so the role of the self-directed IRA custodian is just to custody your account and do the tax reporting to the IRS. So directed IRA, when you come over here, really any self-directed company, we're going to be like, well, what do you want to invest into? We're not going to go give you, you investments to make, you know, or even recommendations. You're just going to come over here and you're going to have to know what you want to do. And so that's what self-directing is all about is you're in the driver's seat. You're the captain of your own ship. You're going to go find the deals you want to do. And so some clients will just kind of get started so that they're ready because real estate, a lot of deals come by and they're gone in a few days or they're gone next week. You know, you need to move on them quickly. You can't wait 30 days to open an account, get your prior 401k money rolled over and they take forever and they, a check comes in the mail and we got to hold it for a week before the bank clears it on their end and all this. So sometimes it, there's a little process to it, but you want to kind of get ready so that when a deal comes along, you can execute on it and go forward and, and invest. A lot of people use an IRA LLC. That's a structure. Basically, rather than your IRA owning real estate directly, whether it's a rental or a flip or even notes, the IRA owns an LLC 100% which has a bank account and you're the manager of the LLC and that LLC goes out and buys the assets. So XYZ Investments LLC, for example, could be owned hundred percent by Marco Santorelli's IRA. Right. And Marco can be manager of that with a bank account at whatever he wants to bank with. It's an LLC business checking out, deciding where the money goes and investing that. And so that's something a lot of clients like when they start to get ready to invest is they like that control they can just do it in their LLC's name that their IRA owns, right? Marco doesn't get to take money out of that. It's all going back to his IRA. Mm -hmm. But so sometimes you may want to include a structure like that, depending on the types of deals you're doing. Is that what they refer to as a checkbook controlled IRA? Yeah, same thing. We call it IRA LLC, checkbook IRA. Um, it's the same thing. It, it requires an LLC essentially. Yeah. And the benefit of it is you do have a checkbook and you get to control it to write the checks or send the wires, or receive the rent, pay the bills. It's kind of nice right. actually. And it's probably worth mentioning that someone who has that sort of setup needs a fair amount of discipline and self-control because you don't want to break any rules or laws. You can't be writing yeah. checks for just anything. Yeah, and that's what a lot of the cases have been on recently over the last three or four years on self-directed IRAs or people using LLCs and screwing them up paying themselves a salary, storing precious metals at their home that their IRLC uses, which is restricted to under the rules. There's been all these cases about that, that people have just been violating the prohibited transaction rules because they've kind of got the keys, you know, and they could control it and make all the decisions. Whereas if it's like, if your custodian has your money, let's say directed IRA, and you say, send the money here, we're going to say, we can't pay you a salary. You can't get paid. We're going to police that a little bit. When it's in your LLC, you you got the button. You can push the button and just say, you can write yourself the check, literally. Yeah, the so, custodian doesn't you know, even know what's being invested in or, or money is spent on. You don't see that. It's a set of books that's outside of you as the custodian. Exactly. 
Yeah, yep. so that, that can be somewhat dangerous. Speaking yep. of which, where do people get in trouble? I mean, this is not all that complicated. You know, if you have a, a self-directed retirement account, you can invest in rentals and flips and notes. It's not all that complicated. There's, you know, a direction letter or some sort of process to allow you to send yeah. those, those funds out to make that investment. But are there areas where investors kind of screw it up and get themselves into a little bit of hot water with self-directed retirement accounts? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you the top three screw-ups people do. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we see them. Um, and I've been an attorney doing this for years, and I've represented like six or seven other companies before we are now a competitor to them. So I've seen it all. But what I tell people at the outset about self-directing is it's not rocket science. Like you said, Marco, it's not that hard, but you can screw it up. And I like to tell people it's like playing a board game. You know, it's not hard to do, but you need to read the rule book before you play it or play with someone that knows how to do the game. Otherwise, you're going to screw it up. And the problem is when you screw it up, you can have a privated transaction. Privated transaction, the consequence of that is you lose the retirement account. Your account's distributed. You no longer have that account. And there's penalties and taxes on that for you as, as an outcome. So we want to avoid that, of course. So the, the top three things I would say to know are remember the IRA is doing this investment or solo K or HSA or whatever account you're self-directing. You can do all those types of accounts. That account, let's just say IRA generically here. The IRA is investing, putting the money in and making the money, period. Okay. What that means is the IRA is on the contract to purchase the asset. The IRA gets the income on the asset. The IRA pays for the expenses on the asset. If there's repairs on a property, the IRA pays for that. So it's not you involved at all. You own the IRA and get to pull money out of the IRA at retirement or earlier if you want with a penalty, but, but the IRA gets this investment and it has to do the deal. Now we see problems with that because people will pay for property taxes, their IRA owns it and they'll cut a check personally for the property taxes or property as an expense and they'll pay an expense personally, but it was really a property owned by their retirement account. And so those are all prohibited things you need to avoid. The second thing is don't use the assets. <laughs> right. So like you can't buy a property and stay at it. And I'll have clients with like short-term rentals that are, well, you know, it's a vacation rental primarily and no one was staying there for a week. So I just went and stayed there myself. Or can I do that, Matt? No, you can't do that. Like you can't benefit. There's a rule that's called self-dealing that says you can't benefit from your retirement accounts assets. That means you can't go stay there or use it or have benefit of it, nor could your spouse, kids, parents. So just hold the asset for investment purposes, okay? Don't have use of assets your retirement account owns. And then probably the third thing would be people with IRA LLCs or solo 401ks who have a checkbook and get a little aggressive, let's just say. And they're kind of like, they got the mentality, well, it's my money, I'll do what I want with it. Well, and the IRS will do what they want with you too when you do what you want with your money, okay? Unfortunately, we have that set of tax laws. So just know if you do the IRA LLC or solo case structure where you have checkbook effectively, you need to know the rules. And that's for your protection to make sure that you can keep this in a tax preferred, tax qualified account. So those are the three things I just, I just keep in mind. Again, be careful on IRA LLCs and solo case. Make sure you know the rules. It's an awesome tool that puts you in control a lot of real estate investors in particular use it. I'd say at least half of our clients doing real estate use it. 
um, don't have personal use of assets. And remember, if your retirement account's doing the deal, your retirement account's doing the deal, period. It gets the money, it pays the expenses. Right. Makes sense. You made me think of something. You mentioned solo 401ks, and then you mentioned any retirement account that has its own LLC or checkbook writing capability. Yeah. Are there any formal tracking or reporting requirements when you have a self-directed account that has checkbook control? And I ask this because I have a solo 401k and it's very simplistic in you know how I'm tracking things. It's just a spreadsheet, but is there actually yeah. a formal way to track things? So high LLCs and solo Ks are a little different and what you would wanna focus on, but um, let me talk about IRLCs and I'll talk about solo Ks second. So. On the IRA LLC, you have a custodian of the IRA. They need to know what the value of the LLC is every year. That's pretty much it. They got to report the value of that asset in your account to the IRS. And they'll put a code on it that says it's an LLC when it goes to the IRS in what's called a form 5498. So like we have an annual fair market valuation form on our site for our clients to do IRA LLCs that they got to update and say, hey, here's the value of it. You know, my LLC's got a rental property worth 150 grand. It's got a bank account with 25 grand. The LLC is worth 175, you know, here's a Zillow report. Here's the bank account statement, you know, and you don't have to go get an appraiser or someone you can self-certify that. And so um, that's what we do on annual valuations. The IRS basically has told IRA custodians to use best efforts to get valuation updates on quote unquote, hard to value assets. Right. Because what most IRA custodians are doing is they're just reporting what's the closing price of XYZ stock or mutual fund on December 31st at the end of the year. And so it's easy. So these alternative assets, hard to value, they just kind of like use your best efforts. And so, so that's what we do on annual reporting valuations for IRAs. And that's for all assets, IRA LLCs or any assets your IRA owns. On a note, for example, it's easier because we just take what's the balance owed on the note, the principal balance plus any accrued and unpaid interest. That's the value of a note at the end of the year. And our software usually has that if you just lent it out of your IRA. So that's easy. Now the solo K is a little unique because a lot of people who set up a solo K, they're the trustee. So as the trustee, it's your responsibility to report all this stuff. On an IRA, you got a custodian that's sending this stuff to the IRS. And a solo K, it's up to you. Now there is an exception on solo Ks where you don't have to file a tax return every year. Uh, so on a solo K that has less than 250,000 of assets um, in fair market value, total fair market value, um, there's no tax return required. Once a solo K though has 250,000 or more of assets, it's got to file what's called a 5,500EZ. It's basically a report to the IRS that says, here's the value of my 401k, you know, and here's how much I took in distributions and how much I contributed this year. Now let's say, you, so if you're over 250, you've got to do that. If you're under 250 or really you're over 250, there's a few things you still got to do though. When you contribute, it's got to be on your tax return. So like if you make a contribution to your solo 401k, you got to make an employee contribution typically. That's on your W-2 if you're an S-Corp. Your employer contributions on your 1120S. Again, most, most small business owners that are, are S-Corps that are doing a solo K. Um, but you could be a sole prop LLC, doesn't matter. And then, um, so there, those are just things that are on your personal and business tax return more than they're not really on a 401k-ish tax return until you hit 250k. And then of course, if you take distributions or do Roth conversions, the plan has to send 1099Rs to you as the account owner and to the IRS. So sometimes we have clients that do, you know, 
Roth conversions of their traditional 401k contributions or the employer match. And so we've got to report those conversions mm -hmm. to the IRS. So, but the IRS just says you have to have a written record of everything and you have to be able to track the contributions and the earnings you've made on it, which could be a spreadsheet. We have a custodial option at Directed IRA because we do a lot of solo Ks there. We basically say, do you want to be on your own and have the checkbook and do your thing? Or do you want us to handle your money and we'll do the reporting to the IRS and keep an accounting of it? And honestly, it's about 50-50 between our clients, which one they pick. So some of the clients that are like, I just want the keys, man, let me do it. And I'll be a big boy about it. I'll do the reporting. Some clients are like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I love the solo K because I can put way more money in. Can you just handle the reporting? Right. Well, clearly there are a lot of options with self-directed retirement accounts. You can invest in rentals, short and long-term flips and notes, buying and selling notes. So this is obviously something you do virtually every day at Directed IRA. You help a lot of people do that. And you guys, I know, are very uh, real estate and crypto friendly. So, yeah. you know, it's just something that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Was there anything I didn't ask you that I should have asked you today on this topic? Um, man, I kind of went fast on a lot of stuff. So what I just say is there is a lot of resources out there. And I, Marco and I've talked about it quite a bit over the years. So I know he's he's kind of far along in what he knows about it and done it himself and worked yeah. with other people for years about it. So if some of this was like, man, you went over my head on that. We got a ton of resources at directedira.com. We got a learn section. We have our webinars. Marco was actually on our last webinar on investing in um, short-term rentals with an IRA or 401k. So you can watch that. Or sorry, we just didn't know. We didn't finding the right rental property for your self-directed IRA or 401k. So that was, that's on our webinar section. So we got lots of content out there that's free. We have our podcast, the Main Street Business Podcast and Directed IRA Podcast um, to go follow that's got a lot of this content. So what I just say, just get learn, educated, and then just like be ready, you know? So when the deal comes along, you know, you've got these retirement account dollars, you've saved for years, you've sacrificed and now you get invested in something you actually care about and want, like real estate. Instead of that boring mutual fund, you don't even right. know what to do. <laughs> right. Well, that's cool. So I'm going to make sure that we have all the links and resources in the show notes and on our website. But people can reach out to you. They can go to directedira.com. And then you didn't mention your book either, but the book is available yeah. pretty much everywhere, uh, Amazon and whatnot. Yeah, it's and on it's my a free site resource. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's a great resource. I mean, it's chock full. And it's really one of those books you don't have to read the whole thing. You could literally go to a chapter about a subject and just digest that and know what you need to know about that particular area and then have a conversation with somebody at your custodian or a directed IRA or wherever it may be and actually have an intelligent conversation about, you know, whatever it is you want to talk about. Exactly. Yep. Cool. Matt, anything else you want to add? No, thanks so much for having me. And like I said, there's more resources at directedira.com or mattsorensen.com. And uh, just stay calm and self-direct on for all I got. <laughs> you got to trademark that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Not to be used without the express written consent of Matt Sorensen Inc., okay? <laughs> exactly. Matt, hey, thanks for coming back on the show. It's been a pleasure. Hey, thanks, Marco. Take care. Well, just to wrap up with today's episode, there are more intricacies when dealing with a retirement account, but you don't need to get bogged down in the details. That's why you have professionals and custodians like Matt who can walk you through it and help you get set up and use your account properly to invest in real estate or whatever it may be. But just reach out to them. They're one of our probably a handful of vetted, approved 
providers that we work with that work with investors and help them navigate the whole self-directed retirement account field. But that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It was short, quick, and I hope you don't mind. It was very impromptu. It was just off the cuff. There was no questions written down, no scripting, no prep. We just uh, decided to talk about self-direction with a retirement account and how you could use that in real estate. But if you have uh, more questions, reach out to them or you can contact my team here of investment counselors and just go to noradarealestate.com, fill out the form. We'll connect you to one of my investment counselors and we can help you with all your questions. That is it for today. Remember to subscribe. We will see you all on our next episode. Thank you for listening. Are you looking for a roadmap to financial freedom? If so, we have a solution for you. Narada Real Estate is offering a limited number of free strategy sessions to help you get out of the rat race. Learn how you can create wealth and build monthly passive income. To set up a time with one of our knowledgeable investment counselors, simply go to naradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.